loneliest until I'm number Number one is what I'm going for I used to want it all and now I want it more Until I'm number And you can tell that I mean it If you look into my eyes It shouldn't be a surprise when I finally yeah. arrive at the top uh. What's up gamers? Glenn the Commissioner Gordon here For another episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour This is episode 36 I believe I know I keep saying stuff like this, but every time we reach this count, it just blows my mind that we've been doing this for so long. Uh, it feels like it's just been a couple weeks. But um, anyway, guys, another great episode. Um, that music that you just heard was called One. It's a cover, of course, of One is the Loneliest Number by Three Dog Night. Um, this cover is by P-Mac. And I'm telling you, this kid's got some talent. I, I used to listen to rap a lot. I really don't anymore. But um, this, this guy has a great flow. He, he's really good. Uh, for more information on his song and his album, uh, stick around for the end of the podcast. Guys, it has been a great week. And who better to discuss it with than the most racially diverse gaming crew on the internet today, starting with... Oh, oh wait. Um, uh, they're not here. Um, this is awkward. Um, there was a slight scheduling miscommunication and so, it seems that I am alone for episode 36 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour, but shout out to Dane and Gary and Ben, um, who all <laughs> were going to be on at some point or another, and it all just fell through. So this is a solo episode of, of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. This is the, this is the Glenn Gordon Show, <laughs> and I hope you guys don't mind. I hope you stick around, because I've got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Um, so anyway, let's get started. Today is Monday, October 6th, which means that tomorrow, Drive Club finally launches on the PlayStation 4. That's right, this is uh, the first time that Racial Diversity Gaming Hour has recorded on the same day it published. Um, and that's benefit us in a, in a couple of ways. But uh, Drive Club finally comes out tomorrow. It was originally scheduled to launch alongside the PlayStation 4 on November 15, 2013, but was delayed. Um, it wasn't delayed again, just delayed once, uh, until now, until literally tomorrow, nearly a full year after it was originally scheduled to launch. Um, let me tell you something, this game is turning heads left and right and center. Uh, all anyone is talking about is just how gorgeous this game actually looks. Um, I actually have a copy of it with me. Um, I'm from PlayStation Universe, and so we're reviewing the game. And I'm not going to say anything except that all of those reports are absolutely 100% accurate. This is an absolutely gorgeous game, and it's a lot of fun, too. You're going to love it. Um, but it's been, it's been making news, obviously. Um, the next big game after Destiny, even if it is an exclusive for, for one console. And it's been making news in all sorts of ways. Um, in particular... It's um, quote trailer. A lot of a lot of video game companies, especially when there's a big game coming, they'll release a trailer for the game with a bunch of quotes from different news outlets. Um, Evolution Studios released one recently that had a particular quote in it from VG247 that was rather controversial for interesting reasons. Uh, the quote was, and I quote: "PS4's Forza Killer." Uh, Forza being Forza Motorsport, the Xbox One exclusive racing simulator. Um, VG247 obviously thought very, very highly of Drive Club to put that in there, and Evolution obviously appreciated it enough to put in the trailer. Um, 
this sparked a lot of controversy. Um, everyone was mad, not at VG247 for saying this, but at Evolution Studios for putting this quote into their trailer. Um, they thought that it was unprofessional. Um, they thought it was rubbing people the wrong way. Um, in particular, I'm looking at DualShockers.com right now, uh, where an article by Giuseppe Nelva, and I apologize to you, Mr. Nelva, if you're listening, because I, I have a feeling I just mispronounced your name. I apologize. Um, he said that it's the console war here, this whole battle between Xbox and PlayStation 4 is now rubbing off on publishers the wrong way. And here's his stance. Um, he says that it's an unclassy turn. That's a quote from him. He says it's an un a rather unclassy turn when a quote from an article defining the game, quote, PS4's Forza Killer is displayed alongside a collision between a green car and a blue car with the former sent flying in a spectacular crash. That's starting to take things a bit too far. Um, although I have to admit, reading the rest of this article by Mr. Nelva, he seems to believe that the terminology is worse than the concept of one game being better than the other, um, which is really what anyone is saying when they say, oh, this game is game X is a game Y killer. Um, he says that games just don't kill other games, especially when they're on completely different platforms. And in a way, he's correct. I mean, Forza is exclusively on Xbox, whereas Drive Club is exclusively on PlayStation, so their sales are not really going to affect each other. Um, people are not going to uh, shun one game in favor of another, uh, unless, of course, they own both consoles, in which case, yeah, that could kind of affect things. But um, he does seem to be much into the whole idea that killing a game or a franchise is just a, a stupid idea. And he, he basically says, I mean, evolution's just crossed the line. Evolution's not doing... It's, it's flame bait. It's factually false. It's everything. And he is just against this. Um, this sparked a bit of controversy down in the comments. Uh, some people pointing out that uh, the same person has been really high on Drive Club lately. Uh, however, I mean, he does have a point. It is a little... Uh, I mean, games don't really kill each other, but the whole meaning behind this message, as I said, is that one game is better than another, and VG247 believes that uh, Drive Club is better than Forza, regardless of the platform, regardless of all of that stuff. They say Drive Club's better than Forza. That's the whole thing. Uh, that's the whole idea behind this quote, PS4 is Forza killer. And um, the fact of the matter is, it's really not that big a deal as for Evolution to put that in there. I mean, it's a great compliment to a great game. I mean, if, if I'm Evolution, yeah, I'd want to put that in there. And if anything, it's a compliment to Forza, you know, because Forza has a standard, all right, a standard that's pretty high. And VG247 is paying them a compliment by saying Drive Club beats even Forza. It's not saying, hey, Forza sucks now. What it's saying is Forza is one of the best, and Drive Club beats even that. So if anything, that's a compliment um, to Forza just as much as it is to Drive Club. Um, what mystifies me here is the fact that no one is upset at VG247. Uh, everyone's upset at Evolution for sticking this quote that they did not say, but someone else said. That's the whole idea behind a quote. 
Um, they're so mad at Evolution for putting this in the trailer that no one cares that VG247 was the one that said it in the first place. So I don't know how you pulled that off, VG247. Congratulations to you for escaping the fire here. Um, no idea how you did that. But guys, it's just a quote. Um, don't read into it so much. Um, quite frankly, it's really good for both brands. Uh, I mean, Drive Club, having played a bit of it, uh, and let me repeat that it is an excellent racer. Um, I'm not going to say anything more. I, I will say if you want to know more about it, check out Kyle's uh, Drive Club review that should be going up tomorrow on PSU.com. Um, all I'll say about this, um, as far as I'm concerned, is this is not as big a deal as everybody's making it out to be. Uh, the whole thing with the green car and the blue car and the green car being sent flying... You know, I mean, yeah, that might be a little much, that might be a little inflammatory, but the quote itself is not really a big deal. Uh, don't look into it too much. All in all, this is just going to be another one of those little things that sparks controversy for about five minutes before it vanishes into the depths of gaming history and no one cares about it anymore, just like the, dry, the, the Destiny fragrance that Microsoft did uh, a few weeks back. So don't look into this too much. Drive Club comes out tomorrow and it is absolutely fantastic. Can't wait uh, to have this game out in the wild with all of the others and see just what it does. Um, Looking forward, guys, PlayStation Plus um, has some new stuff coming to it, Drive Club being one of them. Um, not only PlayStation Plus, but PlayStation as a whole. PlayStation Vita has a new update out, 3.30, or simply 3.3. There's no real reason for the zero to be there, um, <laughs> but that's beside the point. Uh, PlayStation Vita system software update 3.3 is out and includes some pretty significant things for the first time ever since the PlayStation Vita launched years ago. Um, PlayStation Vita owners can now add themes to their PlayStation Vita, just like the PS3 where you could download themes for your favorite video game and change the way menus look and whatnot. That's now available on the PlayStation Vita. Unfortunately, looking at the PlayStation Store, I don't see any actual themes that people can download. Um, that's disappointing, but you can bet that they're going to come soon. I hope they can uh, come soon. I see some screenshots of some themes on the European PlayStation blog. Uh, not sure why I'm looking at the European one. I'm clearly from North America, but here I am. And I'm seeing some screenshots, and they actually look really cool. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of those. Um, you can customize your Vita with all sorts of themes. And, yeah, okay, here it is. I I'm looking at it. It does say that they will be available for purchase and download from the PlayStation Store soon. And they will update this post uh, as soon as that happens. Um, so keep your eyes out for your themes. Um, also affected is the calendar app. Uh, you can now send event files from your calendar to your friends using messages or email. Uh, this is a quote, by the way. So they can easily add them to their own calendar. Uh, so if you have a PlayStation Vita, which you definitely should, um, get updating. I mean, there's no reason not to update at all. Uh, so check that out as soon as you can. Um, also, what's going on in PlayStation Shadow of Mordor is out, or coming out, I'm not sure, I believe it's out, um, as well as a handful of new titles that are coming to PlayStation devices. Um, Fluster Cluck, <laughs> I wonder what that could be a parody of. Uh, Rollers of the Realm, Soldner 
X2 final prototype, um, all sorts of games. The PlayStation Plus lineup is out as well. Um, and we're seeing, let me see here, PlayStation Plus, Picks the Cat, Batman Arkham Asylum, Dungeons and Dragons, Rainbow Moon. Uh, if you haven't played Rainbow Moon, it's on the Vita. Um, and goodness, that had all sorts of great reviews. Check out Rainbow Moon if you have a Vita. Uh, PlayStation 3, I, I mentioned Batman Arkham Asylum. Um, Dungeons and Dragons is Chronicles of Mistara. Uh, leaving PlayStation Plus, Velocity 2X hasn't been out that long. Uh, it leaves PlayStation Plus on the 8th of October, so in two days, uh, on Wednesday. So if you haven't gotten Velocity 2X yet, now is the time. Uh, Sports Friends also leaves. PlayStation Battle Royale leaves. Horde leaves. TXK leaves. And Joe Danger for the Vita also leaves. Um, Dust and Elysian Tale joins Batman Arkham Asylum and Dungeons and & Dragons and Picks the Cat and Rainbow Moon uh, on PlayStation Plus, as well as Spelunky. And, of course, the Drive Club PlayStation Plus Edition. Again, Drive Club PlayStation Plus Edition is free for all PlayStation Plus users. And you get, I believe, um, one area, which is about 10 tracks or so, and also 10 cars to go with it. Um, don't take that at all to be the de facto version of Drive Club. Obviously, the full version is going to be the version of Drive Club that you want, even if you have PlayStation Plus. Um, so that's that for news and PlayStation, uh, in the, at, <laughs> at least as far as PlayStation put on their blog. Um, so let's move forward. PlayStation sales, PlayStation 4 sales, are continuing to uh, be rather mean to Xbox One sales, even though Xbox One sales have gotten a price cut. Um, this is not NPD figures for September. Um, I believe we can probably expect those next week-ish, maybe. Um, so, so look out for those on the next RDGH. We will definitely cover them um, if, if they come out. But this comes from VG Charts, and I can hear your eyes rolling from here. VG Charts, no. Um, but here's the thing. VG Charts is definitely wrong a lot of the time. Uh, the fact of the matter is they try to go for accurate estimates, and accurate estimates in something like this are just impossible. Um, even as I speak, someone right now, somewhere in North America alone, is just now buying a PS4. Someone else is buying an Xbox One, and someone else is buying a Wii U, and I can guarantee that none of those are on VG charts just yet. So it's impossible to get accurate figures, which they try to go for. Um, however, they're not usually so far off the mark that the general idea of where everything stands is affected. I mean, they're usually in the ballpark. Um, so... Even though the official NPD numbers for September have not been released yet, uh, Sony seems to have a, a victory over the Xbox One, selling um, about 178,000 PlayStation 4s globally during the week of September 14th. Uh, during the same time, Microsoft moved about 94,000 Xbox One consoles in that time. Um, I don't know if I've announced this yet, but I have actually pre-ordered an Xbox One console for myself. Um, and <laughs> all the PlayStation 4 fanboys are yelling, traitor! But, you know, um, I've actually had a PlayStation console for a long time. I, I had a PlayStation 2. I have a PlayStation Vita. I had a PSP for a short time. Had, I, have a, I still have a PlayStation 3. I have a PlayStation 4. Um, 
and I kind of grew up playing a PlayStation 1 now and then. It wasn't mine, it was my friend's, but you know. Um, so I am very, very familiar with PlayStation. On the other side, I have never once had an Xbox One. And so I find myself kind of excited to get my hands on Microsoft's newest uh, Xbox console. Um, so my <laughs> pre-order is definitely not in those figures just yet. Um, Xbox launched in Japan, hasn't been doing that well. Uh, frankly, PlayStation hasn't been doing as well as expected either, but it's still doing well enough. Xbox One has not been having the same luck. Uh, even so, Microsoft isn't giving up on Japan, but Xbox just is not uh, tailored for the East. Content's just not where it needs to be yet. Um, so it hasn't been finding luck. It just hasn't been finding that way to, to close the gap between the Xbox One and the PS4. And the gap, last time we heard officially, was pretty large. 10 million to about 5 million. Uh, that's a, that's about, that's double. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way around it. That's double. Um, so Xbox One, Microsoft, you've still got some work to do. Um, I'll talk about Xbox One a little more going forward. Uh, price drops, especially in the UK, have been rampant. Um, no other way to explain it. There have been all sorts of price drops for Xbox One in the UK. Uh, FIFA 15 did help the Xbox One a bit. Uh, Xbox One console sales had a spike when FIFA 15 came out, but interestingly enough, VG Charts reports that more uh, FIFA 15 software were, uh, was sold for the PlayStation 4. So I find that kind of interesting. I mean, even though that, that helped Xbox One sales, more people bought it for the PlayStation 4. Uh, that could just be a side effect of the fact that there are about twice as many PS4s in the wild as there are Xbox Ones. Uh, so by default, you can probably consider more PS4 users to get it. Um, uh, or, or, yeah, expect more sales for the PlayStation 4. Uh, but it is a bit of a curious figure that has been raising eyebrows, so to speak. So, um... We're continuing to keep an eye on the sales figures. We're not expecting many changes going forward. It's going to be an uphill battle for Microsoft. Um, there, there's just no way around that. I mean, the position that the Xbox One started in, how it was initially presented, that definitely skewed public perception. I mean, there's just no way around it. That, pup, that just killed them in public perception. And once public perception is down the drain for you, you're in trouble. Um, you're, you're just in trouble. So... Uh, PlayStation got a good head start, and now everyone's got a PlayStation console, and, well, all the people who are kind of on the fence, well, they're getting what their friends are, are getting, which is 50% uh, more likely at this point to be a PlayStation console. So, uphill battle for Microsoft, but they're coming out of it. I mean, I can see the fight in them. They're, they're releasing good content. There's a lot of good content on the horizon for the Xbox One. Um, they're doing something really cool with their sales, which I am going to describe in just a moment. But for just one moment, let's head back to PS4. I actually forgot to include this. I, I usually try and, and organize things so that all the content for like the PlayStation 4 is in one space and we move on to Xbox One. I forgot about this. Um, in Europe, uh, sorry North Americans, um, myself included, there is a new and rather enormous PlayStation 4 bundle that uh, Push Square says is bordering on parody. Um, Sony's strategy, this is a quote from uh, PushSquare.com, it says, Sony's strategy for the latest generation seems to have centered on one very simple tactic, bundle everything. Um, indeed, and, and we're not quoting anymore, but indeed, there have been a lot of uh, bundles discussed for the PlayStation 4, including one with the PlayStation Vita, which unfortunately just has not come to fruition just yet. 
Um, for 499 euros and 99, uh, what is the euro version of cents? Uh, for, for about 500 euros, let's go with that. I'm sorry, I'm an ignorant American. Um, that's about 392 British pounds. Uh, it doesn't say as far as dollars go. Um, this bundle includes not only a PlayStation 4 console, but Killzone Shadowfall, Mac, and Infamous Second Son. That's three games, um, three games in one bundle. Um, and, and let's do some math here. If the uh, PlayStation 4 console itself is 400 US dollars, and um, each of those games is 60 bucks, which it is, that is a good $580 packed into a um, a bundle that looks like it would probably sell in the U.S. for the same $499.99. Um, if you live in Europe, keep an eye out for this bundle. I mean, if you haven't gotten a PlayStation 4 yet, this is a killer deal because that's three games. Uh, that's... I, I, I don't know how... I, I mean, the whole thing with sales between countries, um, $499, it, it might sell for $499 here, but... The, the value of 499 euros, which it's selling for over there, um, is just completely different in different areas. So I don't know. But either way, it's saving you a lot of money to go for this bundle. And Infamous Second Son is a fantastic game. I reviewed it and gave it a 10. Um, Knack and Killzone Shadowfall are also good. Um, if you're looking for a PlayStation, if you're interested in a little bit, this is the time. Um, if you're in Europe. If you're in North America, I don't know. Do what you want to do. Um, let's head back to Xbox One. This is one thing I'm really excited about um, for my Xbox One when it arrives. Um, October's Xbox One update has some significant changes to the Snap feature. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it, Snap is basically Microsoft's word for multitasking. Um, uh, you can quote Snap. I guess you can snap another app to the right of a game or a movie or whatever it is you're you're doing primary uh, on the Xbox One console. Um, and it used to be that you could just snap Hulu or, or Netflix or, or TV or Skype, so you can watch TV and talk to people while you're playing games. Now listen, there is actually no such thing as true multitasking. All right. There's no such thing as true multitasking, and, and I know you're raising your eyebrows, so let me explain to you what I mean. The human mind is not really designed to do two things at once, all right? You may be able to iron your clothes while you watch your TV, all right? You, you may be able to do some sort of multitasking, but your brain is only giving one of those things its full attention, okay? You might look down and notice that your shirt doesn't have any more wrinkles, so you flip it or, or, or you turn it on the ironing board and keep ironing. But your attention, your brain's attention is on that TV screen because if it is not, you're missing the show, which is what you don't want to do. Um, so really, there's no such thing as true multitasking. And if you're like me, you are not going to use Snap to watch TV and play video games at the same time, especially with video games. Because video games, unlike TV, require a lot more input. They require a lot more of your attention. Um, so, if you're playing video games, like, especially if you're playing a racing game, I mean, can you pick, imagine, have you ever seen someone uh, play a racing game, just sat and watched not the game, but the person, their face just goes kind of slack-jawed and their eyes go glassy because they're just so focused on every little turn, just because racing games just happen like that? Um, yeah, you can't watch TV and do that because you're going to lose your race. Um, you 
you're you're so much better off just doing one or the other. So the snap feature, I just can't imagine that being a huge thing. And and frankly, I mean Skype maybe. I mean if you're if you're watching something if you're watching something with someone else who's not in the room as you, you might have Skype there in the background or something. But quite frankly, not a big selling point in my mind. But what Microsoft is doing to Snap for in October is actually really, really cool. Um, this comes from Kotaku.com. Um, someone there named Steven Totillo did this video and this screenshot and, and reported this. And what's going to happen is you will now be able to not just interact with others in TV and, and actually do things with your Snap, but you can actually put your Snap on the screen to deploy to display important information for you while you game, which is really cool. So um, what I'm looking at right here is a screenshot of this in motion, and he's got, uh, Steven Zatillo has Dead Rising 3. Um, is it 3? I don't even know. I hate zombie games. I'm not, uh, it, it's Dead Rising, whatever it is. Dead Rising is on the screen, and to the right of that, he has Snap there. And what he has displayed is his trophies for that game. Uh, trophies. Listen to me talking like a PlayStation gamer. His achievements. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll, I'll learn. His achievements for that game are on the right-hand side of the screen. And what's cool about this is, is it's actually tracking his achievements. I mean, as he completes them, a green a green progress bar kind of goes across. And not only that, but more complete achievements move to the top, and then they go lower as you progress. So this is a great way. Like if you're just working on one achievement. Um, you can sit there and just have that kind of out of the way on the side of the screen while you're playing the game. It really doesn't take up all that much screen real estate. I mean, I'm looking at the screenshot right now. It's, it's, it actually wouldn't bother me to have that there. It, it, it kind of functions like a, a heads-up display, like an HUD. And that's really, really useful. That's something I could see myself using frequently um, with Snap. Um, there's also, you can basically do this with any application um, but there's this, you can do the game DVR, which is Microsoft's way of saying, you know, recording the game. Uh, you can still record only five minutes compared to PlayStation 4's 15 or so. Actually, I believe it's unlimited now that you can just stick it on a USB stick. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's really cool. You can have the controls for your game DVR as well as the timer there. No clue if the timer and all that snap stuff will show up in your game DVR video. I hope not. That would just completely ruin it. Um, but still, I mean, that, that's really cool. Um, here's the one downside with Connect not mandatory anymore. Obviously, something had to be devised to kind of get Snap to work. And it functions by double tapping on the Xbox One button at the top of the controller. And that brings up a plus menu, um, which is, I guess, what I call a menu that looks like a plus. Um, if you hit... Depending on which button on the D-pad you hit, there's a different action. Like if you hit up on the D-pad after you double tap the Xbox One button, um, you will snap. You'll have an option to snap an app. I feel so stupid saying that. You'll have an option to use Snap on an app. Um, <laughs> and uh, once an app is snapped to the side of your uh, screen, you can hit left or right to go between your main screen and the Snap. Um, so, really cool stuff coming in October for Microsoft. Um, I mean, oh my goodness, like some of the other stuff, you can have your friends list there, your party chat info, your, your messages. Um, it, it's just so, it's really clean and it's really useful. So, listen, I've used PlayStation for a lot of years, and this is something that I wish was on PlayStation because that's really cool. I mean, on PlayStation, you, you have to kind of exit 
whatever you're doing and open the app separately. But with this, it's multitasking, um, which Microsoft is clearly into. Um, now, I say that with some reservations because obviously with three operating systems and all this weight on it, um, <laughs> I think that that's definitely part of why Microsoft is having trouble uh, getting up to full HD resolution. Um, I'd rather have the, the good performance um, not that Xbox One's performance is bad at all, but I will say that this is extremely nice to use. Um, it looks nice to use. I haven't used it yet. My Xbox isn't here. Um, but kudos to Microsoft and enjoy. I mean, this is, this is good stuff. Um, continuing about Microsoft, the company launched its Xbox One console in China. It is the first of these kinds of video game consoles to get in China in 14 years uh, because the Chinese government banned the sale of foreign-made video game consoles in China. Um, Forbes.com points out that that's one year longer than the Xbox brand has even existed. Uh, <laughs> so the Xbox One is the first major game video console to get to China in almost a decade and a half. Um, it's in 4,000 retail locations in 37 cities. Here's the thing. People lined up for the Xbox One, and Kotaku reported that with a, a note of surprise. They said, and I quote in the title, people in China actually lined up for the Xbox One. And you don't just throw the word actually in there unless you're actually surprised. Um, they were surprised, and they showed screenshots. I mean, there are crowded rooms with people with Microsoft and Xbox One t-shirts, like literally, like just crowded rooms, just crowded and, and long lines. It's crazy. And here's the thing. In the video game industry, there is something to be said for getting somewhere first. Once you're somewhere first, once your console launches first, you have a lot of room to get your message out there and to get your console into a lot of hands. And what that means is that whoever is second and third is going to have a little bit of trouble because their friends have already invested themselves into the person that was there first. So Xbox One is there first. So China is pretty much the biggest country in the country, uh, country in the world, what am I saying? Uh, doing these solo po podcasts is, is messing with my brain. Um, China is, is the largest country in the world, highest population. Um, this is big for Microsoft. Um, Sony stro just strove to get the PlayStation out first, um, to, to announce it first, to do all of this stuff first. And they did that for a reason, and it has paid off. 10 million sales to Xbox One's 5 million. Um, it's not just Microsoft's um, <laughs> BS that uh, has it in its position. PlayStation was there first. And now in China, Xbox is there first. Um, PlayStation, make no mistake, PlayStation has, still has plans to get to China. Um, it's, it's still working on its paperwork. I think it, it's still trying to get everything sorted out so that it can launch there. Microsoft just happened to get all that done and get there first. Um, I'm sure the fact that it does Windows had something to do with that. Um, I last time I checked, there was some kind of feud with China and Japan. They weren't seeing eye to eye. So Sony, um, I guess Sony would be less big there than, than Microsoft is, unless I'm missing something. I mean, there could be a thing against American companies too. Um, I have no idea. But um, anyway, Microsoft has a foothold in China right now. PlayStation is coming soon to China, but... Goodness, I mean, it's gonna have it's gonna have a battle of its own, and I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you you, you can't market things in in different parts of the world the same way, um, so it can't market 
in China the same way that it markets here. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in China. Um, good news for Xbox One so far. Um, I think in about a week, Xbox One sold 23,000 units in Japan or something like that. In one day, Xbox One shifted 100,000 units. And I know with Xbox One, it's always a question of shipped versus sold. All we know right now is shifted. Um, and again, there were massive lines, crowded rooms. Xbox One has a, a, a good spot here. Um, so we don't know for sure, but it is likely, um, it, it is very likely, very possible that 100,000 units were sold to customers in China. Um, as for my guess on what it is, I don't know. Either one is possible. But 100,000 uh, units shifted in China on day one for Xbox One, so things are looking up for global sales thanks to China. Uh, good luck to Xbox One. Uh, one interesting thing about the Chinese launch of Xbox One is that the uh, Xbox One is bundled with Connect in China. Um, obviously, in all the other parts of the world, actually, uh, Connect is no more as far as a requirement. But it would seem that it is. <laughs> China hasn't gotten that memo just yet. So, um, I mean, I guess Microsoft is taking advantage of a of a, of a clean slate. I mean, no one there is, has probably really heard too much about the, the situation there. And this is probably a, a good opportunity for them to test their previous uh, theories and see what happens. I don't know. But anyway, China gets connect with no choice. And um, <laughs> other parts in the, of the world do not. Um, so good luck to Xbox One in China. Um, speaking of Xbox One sales... Uh, not only did the Xbox One have a, a bit of a spike thanks to FIFA 15, but it actually passed PS4 sales in the UK, only in the UK, um, when FIFA came out. I know we're going back a couple steps. Bear with me. I'm trying my best to stay organized. Um, I'm not used to doing this all by myself and, and talking this much for so long. Um, <laughs> this is probably going to be a bit of a shorter podcast. Uh, just because of, of content, not because I don't like talking to you guys or, or talking to myself, as it were. Um, uh, you, you're going to obviously hear this later. But, um, yeah, it, it might just I, I might try to push it to an hour. And uh, if you'll excuse me for just one moment, I, I need a glass of water. Um, one second. <sighs> Man, how do people do this? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've listened to hour-long solo podcasts. I, I used to watch wrestling a lot, and I was a huge fan of Solomonster Sounds Off. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you have not heard Solomonster Sounds Off, shame on you, because that is like the best wrestling podcast ever. Jason Solomon, I believe, is his name. He's great. But he does this every week, like, by himself. No idea how he does that. Um, or without having laryngitis every day. But one, one second. Ah, uh, woo, okay, I think we're good, all right, um, I'm ready to continue if you are. <laughs> uh, let's continue talking about Microsoft for just a little bit. Um, Illumaroom was, I guess, revealed to be just research. Uh, I don't know why that surprised people. Um, quite frankly, it's, the technology behind Illumaroom was not consumer-friendly, uh, that's expensive stuff. Um, however, there is a new project pretty similar to um, Illumaroom from Microsoft. It's called Room Alive. 
and its whole goal is to turn an entire room into a giant Xbox game. Um, I'm looking at TheVerge.com, and here's what happens. Um, room Alive consists of six projectors combined with six Kinect sensors. Um, and the, the projectors and the Kinects work together to turn your room into a game, into a display. So it actually maps your room. Um, you have to mount these projectors and Kinect sensors uh, from your ceiling, and they scan around your room, and they actually create a, a depth map. So they notice your couch, they notice your TV, they notice everything in there, and they project everything accordingly so that it looks good and it plays good, um, which is really great. It's really intelligent. Um, and so you can stand in your room, the Kinect cameras see you, and they see what's happening to you, and so you can interact with the game. Um, so if you get shot, um, the Kinect sensors know that you got shot, that you got hit, and um, things around you will happen accordingly. Um, so there are, uh, there's a bit of a tech demo out right now, kind of a whack-a-mole experience. So this mole will hide in various places around your room, and I say mole loosely. I don't know why they call it a mole. It looks absolutely nothing like a mole. Um, but there it is, and it'll hide around your room, it'll hide behind your couch, and um, you have to either run up and touch it or shoot it with a device that I suppose works with Room Alive. Um, you can have various environments projected on your display, you can have a river running across your floor. Um, it's really cool stuff, you can have bugs crawling across your table. Uh, I mean, it, it's really genius stuff, but here's the thing, before everyone starts clamoring for this to become consumer, uh, consumer equipment here. Let me just reiterate, this is six projectors and six Kinect sensors. Um, and considering the fact that that's just a projector and a sensor, there's probably a console or a unit, there's some kind of computer in there somewhere to do all the processing. Um, so this is expensive, okay? This is not cheap. This is not uh, Oculus Rift. This is not Project Morpheus. This is something that'll break the thousands, okay? So <clears throat> this is not something that's consumer friendly. However, Microsoft is building this on the dream that it will someday be consumer friendly. Um, it's also large. You have to mount these projectors from your ceiling. Um, I mean, it's just not really a, a consumer product, but it is good research. And it, it kind of shows that Microsoft is really into this technology. I mean, say what you want about Microsoft, say what you want about Xbox. But, I mean, Microsoft is, is one of the pioneers uh, of, of today's technology. Um, and, and this kind of shows that they're still really into exploring new things. Um, so, as far as this goes, Room Alive is not going to be available for consumers anytime soon. But it's really cool technology. See it for yourself. Look it up. There are some videos and demos on YouTube. Room Alive, one word. Um, so, check that out. Sony, by the way, is has been doing a lot of experience um, experiments with augmented reality and whatnot. Um, Microsoft's, I guess, have been published a little more. Sony seems to keep a tight lid on its experiment, uh, experiments, except for um, occasionally announcing that they're doing experiments. Um, so we don't know what Sony's up to, but Microsoft, good job to you. Um, well, let's move on just a little bit. Some controversy has been brewing lately around Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, this broke just today, I believe. Um, yeah, I, today it was confirmed that U Assassin's Creed Unity 
will run at 900p resolution and 30 frames per second on both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, Ubisoft chose to do this this way uh, for platform parity to avoid, um, let me quote here, to avoid discussion over the differences in performance. Um, senior producer Vincent Pontbriand, Pontbriand I, I know they're French, I apologize, I, I'm not able to pronounce uh, this name correctly. Um, this is a quote from the senior producer at Ubisoft. He says, we decided to lock them at the same specs to avoid all the debates and stuff. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's, I'll comment on that in just a moment. Um, he said this to VideoGamer.com, and he also explained that it's the, the CPU, not the GPU, that prevents Ubisoft Montreal from improving the game's performance. Um, the difference is the, the CPU is the computer processing unit. It is, what, it is what causes the computer to do stuff, okay? The GPU is the graphics processing unit, which controls how that stuff looks. Um, so here's how he explains it, and I'm quoting once again. Um, from Vincent, he says, technically we're CPU bound. The GPUs are really powerful. Obviously the graphics look pretty good, but it's the CPU that has to process the AI, the number of NPCs we have on screen, all these systems running in parallel. We were quickly bottlenecked by that and it was a bit frustrating because we thought that this was going to be a tenfold improvement over everything AI wise, and we realized it was going to be pretty hard. It's not the number of polygons that affect the frame rate. We could be running at 100 frames per second if it was just graphics, but because of AI, we're still limited to 30 frames per second. Um, so here's, this is what's going on. Um, one console is not able to handle the full HD load. Um, before I continue to comment, let me also point to this GP, uh, GPU versus CPU thing. Uh, he is not specifying that one CPU is better than the other than the other. Quite frankly, they're both really, really similar. Um, so the CPU thing we can probably assume is something that's affecting both consoles. So both consoles have no choice right now but to run at 30 frames per second. Um, so we're looking right now at the resolution alone, which is 1080p um, versus 900p. Let me reiterate, I know I have said this many, 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 many times, but <laughs> it's not that big a freaking deal, okay? 1080p versus 900p is a minuscule difference that you will not notice with your eyes. And if you think you notice it with your eyes, you are just full of it because you just don't, all right? It is, there is barely any difference. Um, the thing about the resolution is that it does kind of say where the consoles can go from here. Because PlayStation 4 is starting at a place where it can easily, where, I don't know about easily, but it can definitely handle a load of full HD resolution, which is uh, 1920 by 1080 uh, in pixels, um, and a full frame rate of 60 frames per second. Um, again, the frame rate is something that's kind of choice. Um, everyone's pushing for the biggest number, but it doesn't always work that way. Uh, sometimes uh, a slightly lower number is better depending on what kind of production you have. Um, but game developers have been trying to make everyone happy and giving them the best numbers because everyone's hung up on all these stupid numbers. Um, <clears throat> but it does say something about where the consoles can go because PlayStation 4 is starting from a place where it can handle the full HD load and Xbox One is not. Um, 
So where can it go from here? How far can it go? Right now, it seems that PlayStation 4, I mean, because both of them are going to expand their capabilities in the future, right? So it seems that PlayStation 4 is going to be able to go higher than the Xbox One down the road. Um, I mean, Microsoft will have to get creative to make sure that the Xbox One will be able to handle that full HD load going forward. Um, what does have gamers frustrated, though, is this entire parody thing. Um, essentially, not even essentially, just flat out, what Ubisoft is doing is limiting one console so that it can match the other, even though that first console is capable of more. Um, Ubisoft was careful not to identify the consoles. They did not say Xbox One can't handle it, so we're bringing PS4 down, and they didn't say PS4 can't handle it, so we're bringing Xbox One down. Um, everyone is assuming automatically um, rightfully so, because Xbox One has a history with this problem. Everyone is, is assuming that Xbox One is the console in question. And I think it's fair, given the history so far, that we can assume the same thing. Even Call of Duty Advanced Warfare's developer is saying that they're having problems bringing a full HD resolution to the Xbox One, which is a problem they don't seem to be having on the PlayStation 4. So um, we can safely assume that Xbox One is the problem here, and PlayStation 4 is being brought down to match it. Let me be very clear in saying that this has sparked outrage um, in, the, in the video gaming world. Um, there is a Twitter hashtag about it uh, called PS4 No Parody. I, I opened it about an hour ago, and there are 355 new tweets um, in this hashtag. Um, I counted about through five minutes. I counted the tweets that came over a five-minute time period. 23 tweets in five minutes. Um, <laughs> with the hashtag PS4 no parody. Um, and let me again be clear in saying that these are not kind tweets. Uh, constructive criticism is out the window for the most part. Uh, you do get some more kinder tweets, some kinder tweets in there, but they are all, woo, Assass uh, Assassin's Creed Ubisoft uh, should be sweating right now. Um, but if you are upset about the parody thing, you can head to Twitter if you want to. The hashtag is PS4 No Parody, and complain all you want, because everybody else seems to be. Um, but this is just blowing up. I mean, here's the thing. Ubisoft is trying to avoid debate, but Ubisoft is not the one debating, okay? That's the thing. That's where Ubisoft is crossing the line. Ubisoft is not the one of the entities debating, it's the fans that are debating. So Ubisoft is basically trying to control what the fans are talking about. Um, and before you say that that's a terrible thing, let's be honest, every company wants to control what we're talking about, okay? PlayStation wants us to talk about PlayStation. Microsoft wants us to talk about Xbox. You know, every developer, Evolution wants us to talk about Drive Club. Bungie wants us to talk about Destiny. It's common, okay? So it's not a bad thing for them to want to control what we talk about. Where, where we get into where Ubisoft crosses the line is where we stop talking about Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, everyone wants to debate about how the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 don't match. What business of Ubisoft's is that? All right. As long as Ubisoft maintains its good relationship with Microsoft, and as long as Ubisoft maintains its good relationship with Sony... There should be no reason why um, they have any why they have any reason to change the game to control what people debate about. All right, they don't have to take part in the debate. 
<laughs> I mean, if they run into bugs, they run into bugs. If they can't do something on one console, they can't do something on one console. Um, so there's no reason for them to want to, to get in people's business and talk about the debate thing, um, especially now that they have sparked all of this backlash. I, I think that if it were for a smarter reason, um, there wouldn't be this much backlash. There would be backlash, because no one likes to be brought down by something else, quite frankly. But the, so there would be some sort of, there would be displeasure. But this is just straight-up backlash. It, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and it's just ironic, because they did this, quote, to avoid the debate, to, to avoid debates. And in avoiding, in avoiding the debates, they stepped into a sea of just backlash, <laughs> Insults, backlash, cuss words, everything. Ah, Ubisoft, I sort of feel sorry for you, but not really. Kind of brought it on yourself. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Ubisoft has no business doing this whole thing to avoid debates. Um, I mean, that's not their that's not their call. Um, furthermore, the parody thing. One of the comments I read framed my opinion perfectly. Um, a lot of games have been releasing not only on PS4 and Xbox One, but also on PS3 and uh, Xbox 360. And so a lot of people have been complaining because they feel that the developers are also developing for the previous generation consoles, which is great for owners of the previous generation consoles, but that also tends to hold back the capabilities of the newer generation game. All right? So a game that publishes on the PS3 and the PS4 would probably perform better if it were just on the PS4 and not the PS3, which is what the push has been for so far. Um, and the general feeling is, what is the point of having it only on the new generation consoles if you're going to hold it back anyway? Uh, the whole point of this whole movement about ditching the older generation is so that the games can perform at their best. What is the point of putting them on the new generation consoles only if you're going to hold them back anyway. You might as well have stuck them back on the old generation as well. Here's the thing with that. I have always said that there is more to graphics than resolution, right? And resolution really is the only issue here because the CPU is, is at fault for the 30 frames per second. So it's really just the resolution that's the problem here. And there's so much more to graphics than resolution. There's polygons. There's uh, particles. There's all sorts of things that the PS4 can do so much better than the PS3, and the Xbox One can do so much better than the Xbox 360. So putting them on the older generation would still have probably made it look, look worse. All right? This is just a resolution issue, and I might nuke that one at that. Um, but I do kind of feel where that person's coming from. Uh, if you want the game to perform at its best, then holding it back goes against that, which is why people are so upset. Now, that kind of... <laughs> uh, I kind of smile because I just got a tweet from IGN. Apparently they, they finally caught on to the Room Alive thing. <laughs> so it looks like I'm winning. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm losing my mind talking for so long. Hold on, I'm going to get some more water. Uh, Ah, I love water. Um, anyway, what was I saying? Yes, um, there's just something about this whole thing about holding them back. I guess the question now is, does this deserve this level of backlash? My answer is no. It really doesn't. There is no reason that people should be this freaking upset. <laughs> it's really not that big a deal. It's literally 180 pixels. Do you know how much 180 pixels is? It's not freaking much. Um, I, uh, pixels per square inch, I suppose, but 
still, I mean, it's it's a minuscule difference that you will not notice even in a side-by-side -side comparison. Um, it, it's crazy. I don't understand this level of backlash and upset. Like, I mean, look, in the time I've been talking, I don't remember what number I said last time. But now the tweets are at 364. All right, I mean... They've gone up just in the time since I mentioned it. I'm, it's, it's just ridiculous. This this level of outrage is not called for. It just isn't. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Um, Assassin's Creed Unity is going to look exactly the freaking same on your TV. I, I guarantee it. It's going to look exactly the same whether it's at 1080 or 900. It's going to look exactly the same to your eye. Okay? So I, I really don't look 367 just like that. I mean... I really don't understand why there's such an outrage. My recommendation is everyone should just calm down. Um, the good news is, I mean, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag originally launched at 900p on both consoles as well. Eventually, Ubisoft released a patch for the PS4 to add those extra 100, uh, 180 pixels per square inch. Um... <laughs> So, I mean, with this, there's probably a good chance that they're going to do the same in the face of all this backlash here. Um, but really, it, it's, it's all for nothing. It's literally all for absolutely nothing. And, and the fact that there's this much fire over something so small is, is just... I'm shaking my head. I'm shaking my head right now. Like, you can picture me sitting here talking to my 27-inch iMac and just shaking my head, because that's exactly what's going on. Um, <laughs> it, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I have no clue, but um, if it's something that upsets you, um, go ahead and take to Twitter, be my guest. Uh, send us a tweet as well, tell us how you feel, at the RDGH, um, and we'll read that on the air. Um, so that's what's going on with Assassin's Creed Unity. I, I don't think this is such a big deal. I, I wish people would calm down. Um... Let's move forward. Ubisoft is on a roll. The crew has been delayed once again. This confirmed just today. Um, the crew was originally expected in March of this year. It was delayed until November 11 in North America and November 14 in Europe. And it has been delayed once again to December 2, a worldwide release date of December 2. Now, this is not a big delay at all. Before you get upset at Ubisoft any further, they are facing enough fire as it is. Um, this is not a big delay. It's only two weeks, and it's going to be a worldwide, uh, worldwide excuse me, release date. Um, so this is not. This is just not a big deal. Uh, 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 look at Drive Club. I mean, a, a delay is supposed to make a game better. Um, I guess Watch Dogs would kind of break that mold, but. <laughs> Ooh, Watch Dogs. Ubisoft, Ubisoft, what's wrong with you? Um, Watch Dogs kind of broke that mold, but a, a delay is supposed to make a game better. Um, Valve, I believe, said something really funny about that. I wish I had looked it up, but uh, you can look it up. It was about Portal 2, which got delayed twice. Um, delays are supposed to make a game better, so hopefully this two weeks accomplishes just that. Um, the Crew is an upcoming open-world racer, by the way. Um, a lot of people have been looking forward to it, so hey, you know, if it makes it better, and only, only if it makes it better, Ubisoft, take your time, get it right. Um, but it would be nice if you could just make up your mind, I think everyone is saying. I mean, uh, it, it, I guess, I think people would have preferred, uh, would prefer you just delaying it once for a long time instead of delaying it and then delaying it again. 
Um, getting people's hopes up and then letting them down is never, ever, ever a good idea. <clears throat> Excuse me, gonna get a little more water. Uh, let's let me try and make this my last water break here. Ah, good grief! I'm gonna get laryngitis or something. I'm gonna get laryngitis, and it's gonna be your fault. Yes, you sitting there listening to the sound of my voice right now is gonna be your fault. Um, but hey, maybe it'll be worth it. Um, I'm actually kind of enjoying myself despite um, my fiery throat. So we'll see how we'll see how this all goes. Um, so if you're looking forward to the crew, it's not going to be out in November, but it will still be out in time for the holidays on December 2nd. Um, so Ubisoft, let me say, get it right. Don't release no broken game. Do not release a broken game and then think you're going to just patch it up later. It, that's not, just, just release it, just release it right the first time. Okay? Please. Seriously. Um, <clears throat> woo! Okay. Nintendo fans, Wii U had a update pretty recently. Um, actually, I think directly after I posted uh, episode 35 up, uh, this news came out. It was on the 30th of September. Wii U has a software update that lets you organize software. Um, the version 5.2 update had a lot of changes to it. Um, it was really about the menu system. Now you can create folders. Um, which is great, by the way. You can, you can create folders in the Wii U menu to organize all the software that you've installed. And there's also a download management icon uh, so that you can manage all your downloads because, quite frankly, what else would a download management icon be for? So if you have a Wii U, by now you should have updated. If not, shame on you. Um, so now you've got folders in the download management icon in the Wii U menu. Um, in the quick start menu, you now have a display for when the Wii U is powered on, on the Wii U GamePad TV remote. Um, that's a curious feature. I don't really know um, the essential, the, how, how this is essential. I mean, I, I guess the, the GamePad now tells you when your Wii U is on, but shouldn't there be a light on your Wii U to do the same thing? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, there you have it. Um, there are also options on the power settings menu that allow you to hide software from the quick start menu. So, um, I mean, if you've got porn, that's for you. Uh, changes to the home menu. I'm reading this on IGN, by the way, so if you want to read along, head to IGN.com. Uh, there it is. Uh, changes to the home menu. Uh, the home menu has been updated. It looks a little different. And the, e the Nintendo eShop now has disabled some characters that are not necessary when you're redeeming um, eShop cards, which is great. Uh, makes things easier. Um, of course, there are also some system stability and usability updates as well. So go to your Wii U and get updating. It's always, 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 well, maybe not always, but it's usually a good idea to update, um, at least once you know that everything is stable. Some people pretty wisely wait a few days to make sure there aren't any big bugs with the new update. Um, by now, I mean, I haven't heard anything bad about it, so it's probably safe to update if you haven't already, and you absolutely should. Um, <clears throat> back to VG Charts once again. Uh, they've released some global weekly figures for hardware and software. Again, this is not NPD results, but what I want to do here is kind of take note of this and see just how far off VG Charts really is um, with the hardware and software. Although, uh, quite frankly, NPD results never really release actual numbers. They usually just say who's ahead and who's not. Um, 
but for software they, they do so so let's take a look here um, for hardware the PS4 has sold um, 200 almost 256,000 units uh, according to VG charts for the week of September 27 um, Xbox one follows behind with almost 158,000 3ds after that eight uh, percent less than before uh, with I, I don't know when, it just says minus 8%, and I guess it just leaves me to interpret that. Uh, but the 3DS sold almost 90,000 units in the same time frame, followed by PS3 with 52,000, uh, Wii U with almost 51,000, uh, the 360 with almost 32,000, the Vita with 26,000, um, 26,500 really, and then the original Wii with about 6,000. Nothing really special here. I mean, sharp drop from the Xbox One to the 3DS, but it's a handheld, so I don't know what to say about that. Um, sharp drop from the Xbox One to the PS3 as well. Uh, 150, almost 158,000 uh, to 52,000. So that's pretty cool. Um, interestingly enough, the PS3 is selling more than both the Wii U and the Xbox 360. Um, since the PS4 is ahead right now, I suppose that's to be expected. Um, because I guess people are trying to catch up on their old games and whatnot and get ready for the PS4. So, I mean, by association, Sony's just selling more PS3s right now. So, good news for them, Xbox 360, behind by about 20,000 units or so. Um, goodness, I mean, what to say? I mean, same, same principle there. Xbox One isn't doing as well. Um, it's doing well, don't get me wrong at all, it's doing well but it's not doing as well. Um, good news for the Xbox One, though. Uh, if this plus 73% figure right next to it is uh, talking about year-over-year -year sales, then it's selling a lot better than it was last year, which is no surprise. Um, it's last year, I don't know what Microsoft was thinking. I don't know what Don Matrick was thinking. That guy is somewhere with Zynga right now, uh, screwing them up. Um, <laughs> But if this figure is just week over week, then a 73% spike is huge. So congratulations to the Xbox One either way. Uh, PS4 is doing 37% better than some unspecified time in the past. Um, for software, PS4 is leading the charge with a whopping 268% next to it. Um, 2.7 million software sales for PS4, followed by 2.1 million for PS3, followed by 1.4 almost 1.5 million for the 360, followed by about 900,000 for the Xbox One. That's an interesting twist. Um, the 3DS after that, with about 500,000, followed by the PS Vita with 300,000. Um, that's above the Wii U. So the PSV, as far as software, uh, PS Vita, as far as software sales go, is doing better than the Wii U's software sales. Um, but then again, um, Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS just came out, um, or, so that's good news, or, or it's coming out, one of the two. Um, Wii U had about 300,000 in sales, PC had 294,000 in sales, um, which is surprising to me given all the PC Master Race people. Um, not, that's not a jab at you, it's literally just my own surprise. Um, original Wii, uh, 208,000. The DS, the original DS, 133,000, and the PSP with 68,000. Um, so there you go. That's what VG Charts has to say. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, technology fans, Android fans, 
Sony's new smartphone, the Xperia Z3, is coming to the United States. And, you know, some of you with Samsung Galaxies in your hand are like, so what? But take a look at the Z3. I mean, this phone is an abso absolutely gorgeous phone. I need, I need some more water. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the Xperia Z3 is an absolutely gorgeous looking phone with a lot of great features. It's waterproof. I believe Sony's Xperia Z1 was the first phone to do the whole waterproof thing, and then other companies got on board with that. Um, but the Xperia Z3 is finally coming to the United States. It's going to be on T-Mobile, um, at least first. Um, it's coming to T-Mobile, first of all. Um, so, lucky T-Mobile users, that's for you. You should definitely check out the Xperia Z3. Um, uh, it, it should come to the other networks pretty soon as well. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at TheVerge.com for this. It says... Um, Actually, oh, worst scenario is that we'll get a T-Mobile release date for the Z3 and move on in disappointment. However, it's far more likely that Sony will have news about the Z3 Compact, as well as other carriers who will offer its handsets across the state. So it should probably be coming to other carriers as well. Um, but T-Mobile gets first dibs, so congrats to them. Why is this relevant to gaming? Well, let's see. The Xperia Z3 is going to be the first phone to get PlayStation Now service. Uh, remote play, you're going to be able to play your PlayStation games on your smartphone um, pretty natively here. So if you want the Z3, I mean, it's an absolutely gorgeous phone. It looks fantastic. Check it out. I, I mean, it, it's great. Um, just, just look it up. And if you're on T-Mobile, um, this is something for you. Guys, it's been an hour and five minutes. Quite frankly, I am out of content. Um, I knew that doing this myself, I'd, I'd need some more content to talk about because it's only one person talking instead of three or four. Um, so I found a bunch of stuff to talk about and, and that was it. But we made it past an hour and I'm still talking and I haven't lost my voice yet. So that is good news and we're about done with that. But before we go, let's check out our tweets. Um, last week I put on our Twitter that we had put episode 35 up. Uh, last week we talked about Drive Club and Project Cars and a bunch of other stuff. Adam Duffield said that those are two of his most anticipated games of the year. He's a major racing fan. Adam, um, <coughs> I can't talk, but Adam, uh, give me a tweet. Um, I'll listen for my Twitter at the end of it if you don't know it, but uh, give me a tweet and I want to know what you think of Drive Club specifically uh, because that game, oh my goodness, that game. Um, so that's what he had to say about that. He also says, can I get a shout out to all the PSU Gladiator peeps trying to take on the Vault of Glass raid in Destiny, please? Wish us luck. Um, so with Destiny, if you weren't sure, there are clans and groups. And PSU has a clan and a group, and anyone can join it. Um, if you want to play some Destiny with us, uh, I am from PlayStation Universe. Um, if you want to play some Destiny with us, Feel free to join up. Um, go to Bungie.net and you can sign up. Um, apparently, this is the first I'm hearing of it. I, I, I guess I'm not told anything. Fine. Um, <laughs> um, but they're working on the Vault of Glass raid, which I've heard is extremely difficult but offers some great loot. Um, so good luck to the PSU Gladiators as you take on the Vault of Glass. And hey, where's my invite? I, I, I want to be involved. Get me in on this thing. Um... 
So, <laughs> if you play Destiny on PlayStation 4, check that out. Um, if not, <clears throat> if you don't play Destiny on PlayStation 4, that's fine. Play it on whatever you want. Um, <laughs> so that's it for the tweets. Guys, if you want your tweet read on the air, um, tweet us at the RDGH. We will read your tweets on the air, positive or negative. Um, so if you want to discuss something with us, that's absolutely great. We will discuss whatever topic you want to discuss. Uh, just send us a tweet and let us know. Uh, also, send uh, leave us a review wherever you find us. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you find us. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, you can have our amazing podcast and PlayStation Unchained if you're a PlayStation fan. Download it to all of your iThings automatically. If not, just subscribe to us where you find us. Uh, leave us a review. Send us a tweet. We'll give you a shout-out and read your review, positive or negative, on the air. Huh. I have no one to ask about contacts today except for myself. If you want to contact me, you certainly may. I am on Twitter at goglen underscore, at G-O-G-L-E-N-N -N underscore on Twitter. Uh, tweet me anything you like and give me a follow. I'd appreciate it. Um, RDGH is at the RDGH, of course. Also, you can contact me by email at glenn.gordon at psu.com. Um, our intro music, once again, uh, one by P-Mac. That guy is fantastic. He has an amazing flow. Um, he doesn't swear up and down the place. He drops an F-bomb now and again, so he is explicit here and there. Um, in fact, I think one has an F-bomb in it somewhere. But um, he, he's a great rapper. I, I, I like his stuff. Um, so check him out on YouTube. Uh, the song that we used for the intro is One, once again, a, um, uh, a cover of One is the Loneliest Number by Three Dog Night. Um, one and a lot of other songs are on his first impression album, which you can get for free uh, from YouTube. The channel is Thinking Stone Prod, uh, which is short for production, so Thinking, Thinking Stone Production. But if you just search for One PMAC, P-M-A-C, you'll see the official video. You can't miss it. It says official in capital letters, um, which is fantastic. Um, you can download it there. There's a Mediafire link, and you can download the whole album, which I recommend you do immediately. Um, the ending theme is, Do You Want to Date My Avatar from The Guild? If you are a gamer and you have not watched The Guild, shame on you. You must go watch that now. It is amazing. It stars Felicia Day and a host of other amazing characters. It's funny. It's amazing. It's addictive. Go to theguild.com and watch that stuff right now. Um, this song comes from it, and there's just so much to that series. It's on season six, I believe. Is it still going? I don't even know if it's still going. It's been going for a while. It's, it's on season six. Um, so, uh, theguild.com. Uh, this song is Do You Want to Date My Avatar, which should begin playing very shortly. Guys, thanks for joining me for episode 36 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. Tune in next week for episode 37, where I hope to have more people than just myself talking. Until then, we wish you great, a great week. I can't talk anymore. Uh, in short, just don't be a racist. <laughs>